Hello and welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at JokesOnDrew. This episode is a little different from our usual, which is exactly how you could describe our subject for this one, the incomparable David Lynch. Known for cult movies like Eraserhead and The Elephant Man, as well as his quirky small-town mystery series Twin Peaks, David Lynch and his work will always keep you in a state of gleeful imbalance. And one of his latest short films, What Did Jack Do?, encapsulates everything that Lynch loves to do as an artist and a filmmaker, which most of the time means you have no idea what the hell you just watched. To help me figure this one out and talk about everything David Lynch, I brought on Mike Butler, co-host of the Forgotten Cinema Podcast, which releases full breakdowns of movies that have been lost to movie history every single Wednesday. Be sure to listen and subscribe to Forgotten Cinema wherever you get podcasts. And of course, be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast as well while you are there. Okay, let's get right to it. Love this conversation. Here it is, me and Mike Butler about a man and his monkey. Give a listen. Can you loop my, can I record all my dialogue backwards and then you play it forwards again for the audience? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything to make it more Lynchian, Absolutely. I'm totally about it. I can actually get up and dance the whole for the whole thing if you want. Slow dancing. <laughs> like the, I dig uh, it. Well, yeah, you sent me the, the, the gif of, uh, which one's that one from, Twin Peaks? That's Twin Peaks, yeah. yeah so, yeah, because isn't there multiple Lynch? Because he uses that same dwarf in uh, Mulholland Drive too, right? Doesn't he? Yes. Or he uses some version of it. He, he uses the same actor. It's I don't think it's the same. Supposed to be the same character, but who knows with David Lynch? Right. Yeah. But um, I do know that also he, that actor has gone a little nutty, and now he's oh, really? saying David Lynch killed his wife and this and that. Oh my god! He's abusing his daughter, and his daughter's like, "What are you talking about? This isn't true." Right. And he keeps posting that stuff on social media, so David Lynch purposely didn't use him in this season for the return. Wow. And use um, if did you see the return? The new I season? didn't know. So he uses in the red room. There's an evil tree. Mm. I think it's called like the bad seed or something. Okay. And it's this evil talking tree, and it's supposed to be his evolution. <laughs> so he's evolved into this evil tree. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool because that he's kinda, is pretty cool. He's kind of Satan. Yeah. Or, or that's what I've always taken him to assume. It's all open to interpretation. I, I feel that way at least. If I've seen Mulholland Drive, and I've seen him in uh, bits and pieces. I wasn't the biggest Twin Peaks guy. Which is weird because I recently, upon the great Forgotten Cinema episode uh, of Blue Velvet, I nice, rewatched nice. that recently. Thank you. And I en- I enjoy that movie a lot. Blue Velvet's a little more. It's actually wildly straightforward. It, it, for Lynch, it's for super Lynch. straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> There's the one scene toward the end where Hopper's taking him on the ride and everything like yeah. that. And people disappear from the hotel room instantly. Yeah. And the lady dances on top of the car. Yeah. But after that, other than that, it's just kind of, it's got some of his signature style. Right. But it's got a story. Yeah, I mean, you the, can follow. Hopper, his gang, and that kind of intermingling with uh, what's it, Dean Stockwell from Quantum Dean Leap. Dean Stockwell, who's yeah. amazing. Yeah, who that. does the song and everything oh, else yeah. in there, too. So you got the dancing woman, you got him, you got the, 
uh, I remember you guys corrected. It's not ether, but whatever he's inhaling to kind of like constantly be high, basically. Yeah, based on Chris Hopper's note, because he was like, Dennis right. Hopper's note, rather. Right, right. Because he was like, hey, the guys don't smoke ether. He, they, he'd smoke this. Yeah. And so David Lynch was like, uh, all right, yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you bring Hopper around. You want you want I know the what drug you smoke. Yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. You want the insane drug addict on your set if you're going to make a movie like this. So- Obviously, when I listened to the episode, uh, you know, it struck me how much of a Lynch fan you are. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like there's a big divide. Like, there's very few people like me who, mm-hmm. like, dip your toe into David Lynch. There's usually, like, the fanatics, in which I'm finding them a lot on film Twitter based on this being released. And then there's people who are like, Lynch is a fucking madman. No, thank you. Like, I don't get this. Oh, he's a madman. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. Right. And if you try to get his stuff, I mean, he even tells you sometimes there is no. There's nothing to get. Nothing to get. Is, right. That's, he, some of it's based on his nightmares. Some of it's just stuff he wants to try and right. do, see how it would look or see how it affects you. Sure. He's not. That's what I, I think I bring it up in my episode is uh, for Forgotten Cinema about Lynch. And I'll bring it up here is. Yeah. I love Lynch because he's so he's authentically weird. Yeah. He's not trying to be this artiste, which usually in like film school, they, they showed us a bunch of this kind of crap. Right. And most of it, I was like, no, no, next, <laughs> right. next, yeah. next. And then I hit him, you know, and he's not like those, you know, drama school people like, let's do Hamlet, but just the emotions. It's right, like, yeah. He's actually like, I just want to be weird. Yeah. And it's just, it, it works and it's good. But it is a style of art because I feel like sometimes when I'm watching Lynch, because I think a lot of people do read into his films more often even if they don't deserve it even by his own estimation oh yeah sure. so it, to me that is an artistic feeling that is like me when i go to a museum and i want to know how long to stare at the thing to like look <laughs> like i'm trying to interpret something versus like just yep i like that no i don't like that like with film you can get like subtle text and themes and uh, we were talking about blue velvet i mean there's a lot of you know stuff in there with the the bugs and some of the other things that like the robin and certain other things oh, that he used yeah. almost like a like an author would like a you know or an artist would to kind of signify things but then there's something like this this short that we're about to this talk about short, it's fairly straightforward this is the it's blue wild. velvet of his shorts i hope it's straightforward <laughs> because to me this is this is Lynch to a T in the sense of a lot of things that you just said. Number one, you know, his movies, Blue Velvet being one of them, Mulholland Drive being another, Lost Highway, a lot. He likes to deal in noir. He likes to deal with procedural, but then just kind of flip things on its ear oh, a lot. Yeah. And uh, this is no different. With Blue Velvet. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was scissors. Um, so, <laughs> but he... He does that, though, a lot. He uses these type of themes to kind of, you know, be like, here's the underbelly of what looks like a normal, perfect situation or society or family or what some kind of unit, some kind of thing that he probably praised in his childhood or something. Because, you know, he's of an age where he was probably born in the late for mid to late 40s i would believe i, believe I think so, he just yeah. turned 74 i read uh so you know he's raised in like the what some people crystallize as like the idyllic 50s even though obviously not actually his no race plays a part in that <laughs> oh but, yeah you know but in general you get the wonder years effect right you get that like 
you know, glossy hued suburbs, perfectly cut lawns, you know, everybody knows your neighbor, yada, yada. So he, and he plays with that a lot with Blue Velvet, even though it seems like a period piece, but it's not. It's just kind of like a. It's out of time. And, yeah, it's very right. anachronistic. But the right. beginning is definitely gives you that Leave It to Beaver 50s town. Yes, absolutely. Aesthetic, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, even in um, uh, Jack or in Twin Peaks yeah. or in Mahalan Drive, he's got pieces of like, here's idyllic society. Yeah. And here's, or here's like, here's some 50s style and here's right. some 40s style. He puts in the peppers in that stuff that he grew up watching. Yeah. But doesn't necessarily maybe agree with. Sure. Yeah. And, and obviously, like I said, this one is not much different. Uh, it, obviously, the difference here is a monkey. But even that is, uh, this whole thing plays into kind of what you were saying too, where he just likes to try things from what I understand is that this might be actually a showcase piece that this is actually something of a larger thing. And I guess that's a lot of things he, he does with shorts or other like pieces you'll he'll uh, publish somewhere, uh, whether it's in a film festival situation like this, where it was originally put out in a film, uh, a French film festival and then brought home to the States for his own, the festival of disruption is where he originally had it released. Which I believe is his own festival, if I'm not mistaken. Bl- or he like he's, he's a big helps part curate of it. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. But from what I understand, that this might actually be the start of, or like a fragment of a, a writing project he's had in the works for a long time that involves like aliens and some other weird things <laughs> that like this could be a snippet. I'm okay something. with that. Yeah, and it makes sense. Like if there's talking animals and things like that, that there could be some kind of supernatural thing that he has going on in his own Lynchian way. A supernatural thing you may never see. It could be part of the rumor Twin Peaks season four. It could be for all I know, but I know that there was actual, you know, things that were discussed online when I saw it that said this might be the start of a Netflix movie or series that he's doing. I'm okay and with so, that. yeah, are you okay I mean, with than, that? Other than Twin Peaks, I mean, what was the last thing? I mean, I didn't. I, I didn't can't remember. I can't remember the last full feature or series that he really took part in. I mean, he, weirdly I he enough, he's done more series. acting and cameos in the last five, ten years, which he's fairly good at. I mean, I like yeah. when he appears on stuff because he's he's weird. Do you have a favorite? Because I, I mean, like, even though he's, you know slightly persona non grata right now, he was really <laughs> great in that two episode uh, Louis. Uh, part in Louis. Did you watch Louis? Yeah, he was good in Louis. Because he was his agent. agent that was his bizarre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was so cool. Um, he, he was really, I mean, he's really good in his own, in Twin Peaks, he's really good. Yeah. As the, uh, the FBI, FBI director, agent, he, can't, yeah. he can't hear. Yeah. So you always have to speak up. I think he does a really good job at that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he, he's got quite a bit. I think I wrote down a few because uh, I didn't even know some of them. Uh, he's actually a narrator for a Netflix movie, Girlfriend's Day, that has uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk is the lead <laughs> in that. It's like kind of a dark comedy. Uh, he was a reoccurring role on The Cleveland Show. I never watched it. Nobody did. That's why I ended up uh, dying on the vine I a watched little the bit. Cleveland yeah, show. of course he did. It was okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I do remember him... Uh, I kind of remember him being on that show. Yeah. But I guess, you know, even then he does like a lot of voiceover work and, and things that, you know, you just wouldn't expect. And yet, obviously, in, in this one, quote unquote, he's two roles. <laughs> I will say quote unquote, because in every listing that it's on, it's always Jack or Jack Cruz. 
yeah. somewhere. Like, uh, obviously, for anyone who's seen this, I would hope if you're tuning in uh, that there's a singing sequence that we just watched right before we turn on the mics. I uh, love it. Yeah. And <laughs> and there's a fucking album, Mike. Why there, would there th- be? There's a vinyl pressing <laughs> of that song, the extended version of that song, and a B-side. That is recorded as David Lynch and Jack Cruz. So I'm like, gonna have to make that my wedding song. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, it's amazing uh, what he can accomplish. And and like I said, th- this one is fairly straightforward. The casting obviously is mostly just him and a monkey. Well, that's that's where the weirdness kind of comes in. But his wife. Is the waitress too? I had no idea until I looked up who she was. Oh, I had never, that, yeah, I'd never met his wife, right? Or his uh, current wife. And apparently, we all thought she was dead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if that's his first wife. I don't know much about his personal history, but I just know. think he probably lives a really interesting, bizarre life. Oh yeah, doing all the projects that he does. Yeah, having all the ideas. I know he films concerts and does weird editing things, acts yeah. and stuff. He's kind of like a mix of Warhol and Scorsese. Like he's this kind of like New York legend, you know, where like he, he does, he props up like art communities and he will help on other projects. He'll, you know, put his face out there as far as like a lot of directors kind of, you know, shy away from that or don't want to deal with that. He's right out in front, but he's also kind of like a pop artist of sorts. So he kind of has that, Warhol feeling like if he's somewhere or if he's doing a festival like that one that we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. people flock to it because they want to see him they want to hear him talk they want to hear the bizarre poems he might read or like some of these weird art installations that he's going to do he he is a true artist uh so i mean is that part of why you like him too or is that just but my, I definitely like he's so him. he's so forward about it. And yeah. He's not and he's not a guy like I said before. He's very authentic. He doesn't walk around with a scarf and a beret on his head. Yeah. Going, no, I'm not answering any questions. Right. Like, yeah. He just likes to hang out. He just, no, I know. You know. He does whatever. He listens to rock music. He's right. very into music. Yeah. Which is why in Twin Peaks he picked bands that he just liked. Yeah. And they feature on every episode, which I thought was really cool because he was giving very independent bands a new uh, way to expose themselves to a, a much broader audience when right. they were on Showtime. Yeah. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, he is very interesting uh, as far as that goes. The And this is where I go back and forth with him because sometimes <laughs> he has the type of crowd, the type of followers mm-hmm. that can be very annoying because they put him on a pedestal and if you if you say you don't like something, you don't you automatically like I don't understand. Oh, you know, it no, is that artistic you highbrow. Don't, you don't that get is, it. Right, exactly. And <laughs> I, I don't got it. You yeah, <laughs> is that what you're doing? You're on like David Lynch's subreddit, just like correcting people. I, I don't, I don't, I don't bother with those people. <laughs> right, I mean, you got to let people like what they like and don't like what they don't like, and not let it yeah. bother you. Yeah. Um. And honestly, if you go, I think I, I, I get it. Yeah. David Lynch has already said you don't fucking get it. Yeah. He's admitted that, like Twin Peaks. Right. He doesn't even have an answer for his own mystery. He's right. just, he's really big, especially on his mystery stuff. Like I put in the notes for what did Jack do? Yeah. He probably doesn't even know the full extent of the murder. No. He just wrote down a story because the investigation into the murder is what interests him, or the investigation into the mystery. Yeah. He doesn't need an answer. 
And based on the dialogue, I don't know if he's purposely mocking procedurals. Oh, I or, think he is. I, so I think so much too. Cliche dialogue oh yeah, and that's why I was like, is this improv or is it? Because it kind of starts out that way, where it's kind of a cartoonish tip for tat. Oh, it's one liner, yeah, yeah, with one liner for one liner, and then it kind of goes into the procedural element, and then it gets sappy the song and then <laughs> boom you're on the chase and then out so Tutataman. yeah Tutataman, <laughs> one of the greatest names i've heard in a long time and, <laughs> and i think it's weird that lynch can go viral even as a 74 year old weirdo just dropping something on netflix because he knows what's cool i know he's in he's hip i know <laughs> and i'm surprised honestly that it took this long for him to get something on netflix doesn't he sort of fit he absolutely fits with Netflix. Or at least the streaming I think, effort. It I think the fact that Netflix. it's 17 minutes and he mostly puts out shorts now. Yeah. Netflix, I think, is starting to try new things with yeah. all the different streaming services out there right. now. They're like, all right, let's put a 17-minute thing. It's not 45 minutes. It's not an hour. It's not two hours. Sure. Uh, whatever. Screw it. Put it on there. See yeah. what happens. And people, I think, reacted positively to it. From what I read... Uh, it's widely watched like it it got and and, because it is consumable because for how much uh like i said i'm not the biggest david lynch fan but whether i was going to do it for this podcast or whether it was just to like have in conversation with someone like yourself or i know the mike mike and oscar guys that i deal with those guys their podcast there's a bunch of like lynch fans who are like did you see this thing and even if they're not like they're kind of first and foremost to be like hey, check this out. It's fucking bizarre, and it's only 15 minutes. Right. So, like, it's very easy to jump on, watch it, and go, oh, yeah, it was fucking crazy, or that was so cool, or do da da know, just like whatever. And it's easily quotable because of all the cliche weird lines. <laughs> like, there's so many things about this that just make me smile. And I think that's what the Lynch ones that I don't like I think that's where I get lost, where I'm like, you know, maybe it, it it didn't entertain me. I try to take it on face because, again, either there is some kind of thematic elements that he's trying to convey, or at least through characters or quirks, mm-hmm. but mostly he's just telling his own little weird tales. So I try to take them on face, and, and if something does strike me as like, oh, I'm sure that's this. Like, Boo Velvet, we were just saying, where there's yeah. extra little things. But for the most part, the nuts and bolts of that movie is just a straight procedural. The grand storyline, yeah, yes. A new, with a, with a, a theme neo-noir. that you can explore. Yeah, yeah. But like Twin Peaks, I think that's what turns people off a lot for Twin Peaks. Like I know um, Mike Field for Forgotten Cinema. Right. I keep telling him, watch Twin Peaks. It's really good. It inspired the X-Files. Yeah. Like he's a huge X-Files fan. And I'm like, watch Twin Peaks. Right. And I think a lot of what scares a lot of people away is that they just think it's going to be weird. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah. And there are some weird and sad and and generally like creepy moments. Yeah. But there's a lot of comedy in Twin Peaks. Like a lot of comedy. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get that. It's like. It's going to be weird, but then you're going to have a really great time because every episode has something that really alleviates that tension on the episode. Right. And I think that's exactly what this is in a, in a microcosm, like oh, a smaller yeah. version. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't he have like a Criterion collection of shorts too or something I that watched, I believe? It's actually on YouTube. I, oh, I don't it know is? if I should say that because it <laughs> might get taken off of YouTube. Sure, it's not yeah. officially on YouTube. Right. Uh, it used to be on Netflix. I love what you think of my reach. <laughs> <laughs> 
The president of YouTube is watching right now. Yes, oh exactly. my yeah. god. Sarando's just passed him a note. <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh, man, they're bizarre. And I they used to be on Netflix and I watched all at one hour and forty three minutes of it because I'm insane. I wouldn't be shocked if they come back. It's a nightmare. It's oh, pure nightmare for But still though, well, but, I mean oh, it's interesting. So if this is getting consumed at a high rate, I'd be a person if I was like, Oh, I enjoyed this. What else you got? Yeah, bring it back. Yeah. Uh, but it's very interesting to see like things that you can see where he establishes a lot of his his basically lynchisms, the things that he always uses, the weird camera, the grainy screen when something's happening or that right. weird kind of off kilter frame for it, frame rate when yeah. things go w- wrong. Yeah. Uh coffee, cigarettes, suits. Yeah. You start you start to see them come into play from like you get some of his high school films all mm. the way through college and then you start to get just this weird crap. Oh like, yeah. Him just experimenting with the camera. Some of it's boring. Yeah. Sure. Some of it's really creepy. Well, you went to, but, you were in film school or you, you just for acting, but you took the film I classes? Was trying like, to, was I was your... trying to do a major. So okay. I was just shy of like one credit, but I didn't want to go for a whole new semester. I film see. Class. Yeah. So I ended up minoring. But um, I took most of the classes and it's just both the drama club, uh, the drama club, the drama uh, major and the right. film major both showed lynch stuff and just lynchy in stuff because obviously right, yeah. it's all about the art well what i was gonna say is that <laughs> it's not just lynch like when i was doing you know tv and film production studies like every there's at least one of those guys oh, in yeah. there it's gonna do like this is my art film type things that you know everybody has to suffer through i know mike field uh went to and uh nyfa mm-hmm. and that's obviously chock full of that stuff which they think it's going to get them noticed they think yeah. it's going to get them attention and it's not because in the end a lot of that's derivative yeah and that's what sets lynch apart is that his weird stuff has that humor and he's yeah. not preoccupied with making something that's going to be artsy right he's just making something in his mind that he has to get out right where a lot of these guys are just like, I have to make something so highbrow. Right. No one's going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Until they say they get it. And that's when I get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. But this film, this short. Yes. What did you like about it? Oh, man. There's so much I like about it. First, it stars <laughs> a capuchin monkey. Yes. <laughs> where at first, I, when I clicked on it, I looked at it because I just saw the image. I didn't know the monkey was going to talk. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know Jack was going to talk. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have some respect. <laughs> but as I looked at the screenshot, I was like, his mouth looks a little funny for yeah. a capuchin monkey. Yeah. And then, of course, he starts speaking, and I was smile across my face. I'm yeah. Like, this monkey talks. I am all in no yeah. matter what happens in this. <laughs> um, now, he reminded me of one of my other favorite uh, film monkeys. Do you have some favorite film monkeys of your own? Because this monkey reminds me of the smoking monkey in Hangover 2, because it's the same <laughs> oh, type of monkey. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other ones that like stand out for you? I mean, I really love the most modern Planet of the Apes movies, even though they were fake. Yeah. But I thought those were fantastic I was going to say, do you have to choose whether you're a Caesar or whether or you're Koba. a... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Koba was fantastic. I, I got to right. be... A, I'm a Koba guy. Just right. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you, you can't help but feel for, you know... The, the Nazi monkey. Yeah, he didn't yeah. know what he was saluting. It's true. And he just ate some bad dates. <laughs> I feel I always felt bad for that that monkey, that poor monkey. Yeah. <laughs> I I was I'm partial to the outbreak monkey. He's very close to to this one too when we did like uh, we got a lot of responses online as to like what your favorite movie that monkey is. He almost destroyed the world. I know. <laughs> but he's adorable. He is so adorable. there you got that. Uh, uh, a lot of love for Dunstan from Dunstan Checks In. Uh, you got uh, Clyde from Anything, uh, Any Which Way But Loose. I saw a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of good work, and I would put this right up there with it. 
I think I think maybe you know it's not too late. Throw uh, throw Jack in for the Oscar race. I think so. I mean, <laughs> it's very early now if we're crossing into 2020, but I think this will have some legs. I I hope so. Yeah, because it's it's fantastic. I hope he presents. <laughs> <laughs> and then two Tataban, just the chicken just runs across <laughs> yeah, the stage. And he screams just runs and runs. Away. That would be amazing, and I, I love that you pointed out that in the credits there's a there's a wardrobe specialist for the monkey. Yes, it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Of course, Lynch would know that there's like, and it's specifically for monkey. That's what like to have an animal wardrobe thing. I was kind of like, <laughs> sure, there's a dime a dozen of those, but this one was specifically with primates in the title. I was like, of course, Lynch knows where. Not is. only does he probably know them, he probably has coffee with them every Wednesday yeah. and just was like, hey, uh, I'm doing a short. Yeah, exactly. Over coffee and cigarettes, probably. <laughs> and he's like, I, I want you to be an eye. I'm going to dress a monkey up. Right, exactly. They're probably like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> when his wife's probably not a waitress, she's probably a proprietor of said primate establishment. <laughs> so, yeah. That wouldn't shock me. But I'm sorry. So, yes. Uh, what else did you enjoy about it? Uh, I mean, it's, the lines are just so great. Like, the, the back Chef's and kiss. forth. The back and forth. It uh, yeah. takes two to tango, Jack. Oh, so now we're, we're dancing. dancing. <laughs> then he goes off about, well, the show floor, that show has ended, and the janitor's sweeping up, and he's going home to his girl Sally. And I'm like, Such a, like, 50s on? cornball riff. <laughs> That I just love. Like, uh, <laughs> they found feathers. Bullshit! I know why the chicken crossed the road. <laughs> oh, no! There's an elephant in the room. Start talking turkey. What, you think you just rolled a seven? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that... Well, I know what that means. But, Jesus, in that situation, I have no idea. Don't you know? She cried all night long <laughs> over you. My favorite when... Besides just the the screaming at the end that I absolutely laugh my ass off every time is you're brewing a poisonous batch because <laughs> I want to make that a thing going forward. Anytime someone upsets you, yeah, you're brewing a poisonous batch. It's it's a great line, uh, and and even though some of these are so corny, it's amazing that they just make me laugh every single time. Because you know what he's doing, you know that it's a riff off of just bad. Police procedural yeah. dialogue. Yeah. It's just like, oh, or I guess you could also say crime dialogue. It's like a lot of mob sure. bosses will use yeah. that to each other too in the 50s. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, the monkey version of SVU. <laughs> <laughs> and the set's great too. Yeah. I love the set. I don't know where the hell they shot it a warehouse or a basement. I'm unsure, but I do know that Lynch obviously had his hands in everything. Like he's, his initial credit says just written, edited, and directed. Mm hmm. But that wasn't where it ended. He he did the, I believe, the sound design, sound mixing, and was the set designer and con worked in the construction. I, be so, I believe all So that. he did all of this. Like, this is all him. So, And I'm not saying that as, like, a huge brag because it's a very basic setup. You know, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a typical noir, mostly in the shadows, besides, you know, kind of the interrogation table at the train <laughs> station. And it's very simple. But with that said, this is just him like, this is my idea. You want to uh, get a handful of people together and just shoot this crazy shit? When you think about shooting it? Tomorrow. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, because a lot of the people that he uses, again, his wife is the waitress. Mm -hmm. uh, the cameraman for this, he's used plenty of times before. Uh, the person who uh, I believe his producers are all, you know, old hat to him. So it's just him like just calling in some people like, Hey, if you got a free moment in a couple of weeks, I just want to do a silly thing. You want to come do a silly thing? And people go, yeah, because you're fucking David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. 
Who knows how much he got for from Netflix? Well, see, this is the funny thing too. So he didn't pay for this either. He the money was donated to him from the French Film Society that ran the film festival that it premiered at. So he got like ten grand to shoot <laughs> this. Isn't that amazing to you? I'm going to do a short film with a monkey. Oh, yes, yes, here. Yeah. Here, here. <laughs> I don't even think it got that far. They just went, whatever you want to do, and this is what he gave. I'm do you thinking think about doing, <laughs> what are you writing? Uh, thank you. <laughs> Though, uh, weirdly enough, I think they said uh, three years, two or three years before this was released. He had said, I guess in some flippant interview, Red Carver or something, he's like, they were like, oh, what are you up to next? And he's like, working with a monkey named Jack. And literally, <laughs> this is what happened. That's awesome. Which is, again, why I think this might be something that has extra tentacles to it, that it's whether it's part of a larger script or a series of something, or and this is just a taste of the craziness that's pouring out of his or head right now. he's on the same forums laughing his ass off oh. at everybody saying that there's going to be more to this. And he's just like, nope. And he's, know. he's petting Jack, who's still got his suit on on there. Yeah. Or he's in his pajamas. He's yeah. got like monkey pajamas. Ex- oh. Hey, man, <laughs> if you're going to go to that place, you don't just get the one outfit. Oh, no. he's Jack's got Jack's got a Jack's got a closet. A full wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, a full ensemble. The other thing I love about this, and we talked about how you know, it was done you know, just $10,000. He did it all himself. Is Yeah. Like, you look at this on Netflix. It's on Netflix, and it's like anybody who's an aspiring film student or filmmaker or anybody who yeah. wants to create, look at what he did with so little and how much people are talking with it. Obviously, True. he's a name, but you could do something like it. Just be honest with about yourself. Don't, like, copy him. For sure. But look at what you can do if you really just put the work in. Yeah. And, I mean, to, and Netflix is getting more into the short medium. They, had, they have at least one or two of the Oscar-nominated shorts on Netflix right now that I think maybe they're both responsible for um so they're just they dip their toes in anything that will get them praise praise subscribe awards uh, whatever it is for them they just want to be part of the conversation of film and television so and lynch is part of that community so it, it makes sense but it is something that especially with uh the Criterion Channel that came. Oh, I'm surprised, like something like this didn't land there. Mm-hmm. So it's. I. What do you think that it? It. How interesting is it to you that it's here? Like, what does that say to you instead of something like Criterion? I think it speaks to the evolution of video content creation mm-hmm. because you got the was it Quibbly or Quibby? I think coming yeah. out soon. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's why Netflix is maybe getting some of these shorter things on because yeah. those are going to be ten minute. I think up to 10 minutes, right? Something like that. that. I know, yeah. Uh, short form films like Seven 90911's coming back. Spielberg's developing something yeah. for him and stuff like that. So Netflix is maybe like, well, let's try it out. If that's, right. that's what Netflix was so great at the beginning is they caught onto the streaming platform before anybody else really went, oh, this might be a good thing. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So maybe Netflix is like, put the long form stuff on, put shows on, put movies on, put half hour cartoons. That's the beauty of their platform. Things. You don't need to choose. Ex- yeah. What is it? Just it's anything. Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of what YouTube's niche has been for so long, you know, that are, or even just the internet in general, like toss it up on Twitter, toss it up on Vine, toss it up on Snapchat, toss up, you know, it's all these different short mediums where people are just like, oh, what's my limit? All right. I'll, I know where to put that. Yep. Put it in an Instagram story, put it on, you know, uh, Facebook, go to Facebook live with this, you know, everybody has an outlet for something to consume. 
And Netflix is just another place that it's like, well, what's the prestige version of this? Yep. And absolutely. Yeah. And here we are. We want to be a place for that. And that's why people go to them. It's yeah. like, yeah, I could go to YouTube for a 17 minute short film. But is it going to be something I want to watch? Right. It's like if it's on Netflix, at least someone has vetted it for me. Yeah. And I know, okay, it's watchable. Yeah. It might be great, but it's watchable, and I'm going to be on Netflix anyway. That's why right. people will be bored. They're not going to go through YouTube all the time. Yeah. Go out, throw up Netflix. What's on? No, I know absolutely, and I think that's why this is weirdly catching on uh, with a lot of people, especially on film Twitter and anywhere else. Is there anything else that stuck struck out to you? I mean, obviously, I don't want to belabor a fifteen minute short, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's seventeen minutes. Yeah, I mean, we've already been talking for thirty minutes, so we're already doubling the output. But <laughs> you know what? What do you hope that this is a larger thing? Do you hope that this is maybe uh, a sneak into? He's seventy four years old. I would like to see so, a few I mean, more features. I mean, look at Clint Eastwood. He's like a hundred and billion yeah, years old. It's He's true. Yeah, I would love. He's to making see... up whole other stories with Richard Jewell. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Jewell too. He's like, let's put a journalist, but let's not actually do the journalism. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Is it racist? I don't know. I also yeah. love it. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I would love to see him do more. I, I mean, I would. I would really want to see a season four of Twin Peaks. I mean, it looked right. on a cliffhanger, but I'm sure that's how he wanted it. Sure. Uh, but if this is part of a large format film that he does, or another actual full feature, yeah, I'm I'm down with that too because it's been we've said it so long since before. And yeah. starring a monkey, I'm even more all for it. A monkey who yeah. loves a chicken and her full feathery full breasts. feather breasts. <laughs> Well, I think that's a perfect place to end for that. Uh, what do you guys got coming up for Forgotten Cinema? Obviously, it's one of my favorite pods, and I've been on there, uh, and I definitely love having you guys on uh, on here as well. So what do you guys got coming up? Uh, thank you so much for the shout-out. Yeah. Um, Forgotten Cinema, we release every Wednesday uh, on all podcast platforms. Right now, we are beginning our season four. We just released Ghost Town. Yeah. Uh, we've got Meet Joe Black coming up. We've got other cool films in season four, like... Um, Three Days of the Condor, which I had never Love seen before. Movie. Yeah. And then, you know, we got those 13 episodes, and then we're going to season five, yeah. which is our audience choice season. So I was going to say, I saw we'll you be guys announcing put that, that out. Soon. Yeah. yeah. So, so you guys have that down, the movies that you're going to do for that season we have already? We cemented it down, but we have not announced okay. what the films will be at. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll figure out some s- fun way to yeah. put them out. Well, because oh. I know you put it out on socials. I was curious to see if you were still taking submissions, and I'm not saying this for myself, because <laughs> Mike, uh, I sent him in a huge list. And oh, he, we got your list. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, obviously, if anyone listens to this and they want to reach out and be like, hey, I love your show. We always like, take submissions. So okay. we say that at the end of every episode, if you guys want us to watch, watch a film, suggest it. We'll put it on the list. Right. We'll get to it. It's just so that just so happens to be this entire season sure. is going to be all curated by the fans. Nice. So it'll be interesting. Very cool, man. I, I, I dig what you guys do. Uh, obviously, you have other podcasts. If you feel free to uh, uh, shout those out, too. Oh, I know sure, Two yeah. Player Bros. And Got uh, Cracko and Open with Mike and Elise, which yeah. is with my fiance Elise, where we crack open a new beer. Or actually, we do a couple wines now yeah. uh, every week where we talk about the history of the brewery or vineyard, uh, the history of the wine or beer, like how it's made and all that. Then we do tasting notes. And then we just kind of go over the latest pop culture news and reviews, right. uh, what's on. And then I've got Two Player Bros, which is taking a backseat for a little while, but we're going to start up again at the beginning of March with uh, PAX East. Oh, very cool. I'm um, going out there to Boston and checking that out. Sweet. So hopefully there'll be some awesome news that I'll be broadcasting from there. Yeah. Do you do like the gamer cons and things like that this too? This will be the or first con that I've gone to for games. For, oh, okay. I've been to like Comic Con. Sure. Where they've, they've released um, some cool games and had sure. test stuff, but this will be my first full 
it's just a million video games. We'll see if I come back deaf or not. I imagine yeah. it's going to be loud. Well, I know that <laughs> you and I are mutual friends of Russ Lyman, who yes. uh, obviously has kind of like dedicated his life to video games in some fashion. Uh, and obviously, I see him go to like the retro. Oh, he goes con, everywhere. And, yeah, yeah, he does. He goes all over the country, it looks like. I mean, obviously, he has a show car to do it in. So it's a little bit different. Are you thinking about changing over your uh, your I, vehicle preference? When um, we were working together, because me and Russ used to work together in the theater yeah um i always joked that i was gonna get a blue uh scion yeah and deck it out like sonic the hedgehogs we nice. dueling uh franchise cars well you only have a few uh what is it next week next uh week the movie yeah all right, i need a lot of blue fur yeah i'll get this going <laughs> well for how bad the initial look of that came out you can't do much worse That's if you were right. hand doing it for your car so but i look forward to that i look forward to uh the upcoming season of forgotten cinema and Thank you so much for doing this, man. Thank you for having me.